Generating Movement and Maintaining Your Momentum, The Personal Power Hour, Episode 8. How often have you had a sudden burst of energy following a brainwave idea, just to have it all grind down to a halt just when you need some momentum the most? Or felt how much effort you have to put in just to get things off the ground, and then how much you have to keep pushing to maintain any momentum? Does it really have to be this difficult? In today's episode, we'll be looking at what prevents real-world action, the role that fear plays in holding you back, and it's bigger than you think, identifying and breaking through your specific barriers, and the number one reason behind losing momentum and what to do about it. Join me as we dig deeper into the reasons you're not making as much progress as you think you should and learn a simple, practical technique that could change everything and allow you to generate more movement and keep the momentum going once you've got up to speed. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Personal Power Hour, as sponsored by Rich Woman Magazine and associated with MTN Press. And you're in the right place for this if you are a potential world changer, if you feel like you want to make more of a difference, more impact with your life and the actions that you take, and if you want to leave behind a legacy, a positive legacy once you're not here anymore to carry on long after you're gone. This is primarily also for people who have that sense that there's something deeper and more meaningful that you want to be doing in your life, but yet you're not quite doing it at the moment. And part of that might well be because you haven't generated enough personal power as yet. And personal power is all about being the most powerful version of yourself. It's not the power to manipulate. It's not the power to negatively influence or to force anything. It is all about being the most powerful version of yourself that you can possibly be to reach your potential. But they wouldn't call it your potential if, you, if it wasn't possible. So it's obviously in there. So that's what we're looking in this podcast to help you to create and to get closer to. So having that personal power is all about being able to do more with less effort. It's all about having more energy so that you can continue doing the things you're currently doing in your life and have spare capacity to do even more. And it's also about being able to get more bang for your buck being more effective in your actions and your behaviors and what you do to lead to real world results and real world action. And how we're going to do this in the podcast is by creating more clarity, creating more direction and reducing your distractions and increasing your focus. And today we are on the subject matter of generating movement and maintaining that momentum. Obviously, you've probably been there before where you get the right sort of inspiration and you get the right sort of push and drive. And suddenly it feels like everything's really easy and you're moving really well, but then something else happens in your life, something else gets in the way and you run out of steam. It was enough to be able to even generate the movement in the first place. But when it gets to that point where you thought you were getting somewhere and then everything's slowed. And that's something that we'll all have faced at some point in our lives. And what I want to do is to help you help to give you some tools and some other perspectives perhaps in order to avoid that as much as possible or in order to be able to work on that for yourself. So for those of you who don't yet know me, my name is Wai Chung. I'm a life purpose inner game specialist. I work with executives who have outgrown their careers to the point where they know they need to do something much deeper, more meaningful before it's too late. And I help them to identify their deep inner purpose 
to break down the barriers that have been preventing them from moving forward with it, and then to gather up all their skills, all their experience in order to be able to make a meaningful difference for the rest of their working lives and beyond. You know, I, I've got people who I've worked with who have gone way beyond retirement age, and they're still uh, uh, going full steam ahead. I'm also the creator of the Reaction Code, which is a simple step-by-step -step process for accessing and breaking down our own internal barriers without needing to fully understand and analyze all the issues that may have brought us to that place. Because at the end of the day, all that really matters is this is who this is where you are now. These are the problems and barriers you face at this particular moment in time. How they got here doesn't matter as much as how we're going to move from here into the future. And finally, also, I'm the I'm the life enrichment editor of Rich Woman magazine, and I've also been a regular presenter on News for the Soul radio which is a web radio station. And I've shared that platform with amazing luminaries like Greg Braden and Marianne Williamson, Deepak Chopra, all, all the greats have been, have been on there as well. So it's uh, you know, very, I've been very honored to have been in that position. The pod, the power hour podcast, the way that I've designed this and the way I've structured this is to be able to help you tackle the two main areas that relate to creating that personal power. The first area is all about alignment and purpose, getting aligned with your purpose, having congruence between what you think you want to do and uh, how you feel about getting there. And that's all about the internal alignment, which is about getting your head and heart to be in agreement with itself and also the external. Are you in connection with the current version of yourself or are you still working on an old model? Now, did you make a 10-year plan and you're still running, you're into year seven of that 10-year plan? You're not the same person who made that plan back then. So it's important to make sure you have, you're with, working with the most current version of yourself. And then also alignment with your outcomes and your goals. So that's the alignment and purpose arm of this. The other aspect, the other factor is all about personal effectiveness. Yeah, increasing your energy, reducing the things that drain your energy, increasing your focus, reducing the distractions and maintaining that momentum. And with alignment with your purpose and personal effectiveness working together, you're going to end up having more creativity, have new perspectives, have greater inspiration, connection to your intuition and be able to take greater action. And Anytime you have too much of one over the other, that's when you're going to get yourself into a bit of trouble. If you have too much alignment with your purpose and not enough effectiveness, you dream all day about possibilities, but no, never actually do anything with it. If you have too much effectiveness, and not enough alignment with your purpose, then you're out there doing things, taking action, working really hard, but heading towards a direction that isn't right for you. And I remember that back in my corporate work back in those days where I was doing well, I was certainly being told I was doing great work as it was a large telecommunications company, all the, the projects I was working on, especially the main one I was working on was about saving energy for our company so that we used up a lot less electricity and therefore reduced the carbon footprint and a you know, great benefit for the whole world. Great work at the time, 
and we're doing some amazing, again, some amazing results to the point where the company right now, I think the savings still in the region of about 11 million pounds a year from that project. However, the, despite the effectiveness and the, despite the energy I was putting into it, I wasn't aligned anymore. I wasn't connected to that anymore. I didn't feel I want, I could feel inside that I didn't want to be there anymore. I wanted to be somewhere else. So that's what I mean. It, it's very, it, it's difficult to have that per, full personal power unless you've got both alignment purpose and personal effectiveness working at the same rate. And that's what I'm des I've designed this podcast to help you to do. What's in it for you here is you know, distilled experience of over 15 years in corporate training and uh, 10 over a decade in transformational coaching. And in that time, I've developed processes that I certainly like to think, and the feedback I've been getting is this way, that clear, actionable processes that are practical, that you can use in everyday life, that you can use to, to great effect to be able to feel and sense and smell and see and touch the difference. And that's, I'll get on my soapbox here. That's the other thing that's really important with regard to any kind of training, any kind of personal development, is not of much use until it's something that you can actually manifest into the real world. One of my coaches used to talk about how you'd have, uh, he, you could see where people have a, a bookcase with all the books, all the Tony Robbins and all the all the kind of books on there. And they've done, they've read all that kind of stuff, but yet they still don't seem to have actually moved that far forward. And he used to call that, there was a case of shelf improvement. Makes your shelf look good, but yourself isn't so great. So that's what we're trying to avoid here. Trying to make sure that the time that you spend here with me, listening to what I've got to tell you and then doing the exercises, it's to a practical, it's so you can create practical effect with it. Okay. And that's what's going to be happening through this podcast as well. So make sure you do uh, stay through to the end as well, because at the end, I will be giving you some exercises and some actions that you can take away to help further develop yourself from what we're going to be talking about today. And we're actually going to get into some action as well. So you know, if you do have your pen and paper with you, please do feel free to write things down. But it is much more important that you actually allow yourself to immerse in what we're going to be doing this evening and actually take part. You, know, you can always go back and rewind and listen to the recording for the notes rather than writing all the things down and then you're busy thinking about how you're going to write it down, how you're going to read it later on. Then you won't actually have been here. You'll have been somewhere in the future thinking about how you're going to read the notes again. So please make sure you're as much here and present as you possibly can be. Okay. Just very quickly, just running through some of the topic areas that we've been dealing with, just so that you get a sense of what the Personal Power Hour podcast is all about. In, at the beginning, we talked about the importance of personal power when it comes to living your purpose. We talked about how to align with your true purpose, which is linked to what we're talking about this evening with generating movements. So if you want to get a sense of that, then that's in episode two. Then we look, talked about the greatest lie about work-life balance. That's number three. I won't say what that is right now because I don't want to spoil it. I would rather you go to the episode three and listen for yourself. Then episode four, we talked about how to end overwhelm. 
that thing that makes it all seem all too much. And then we, we stop, we get stopped in our tracks. And episode five, we talked about emotional intelligence transforming into emotional mastery. Then we, in session six, we were tapping into the power of our emotions. Seven, converting energy drainers into energy gainers. And today we're generating movement and maintaining momentum. Next time round, number nine, we'll be connecting with your true value. That's been one that's been added on. So if you've been listening to previous episodes, that's why the schedule is a little bit different. And then 10, how to tap into and use your deep inner confidence. 11, head and heart alignment for incredible creativity. 12, head and heart alignment for inspired action. Episode 13, resonating fully with your environment so you can thrive in any situation. And 14, understanding what you really want. Again, absolutely vital if you are to be moving towards your purpose. And, And episode 15, about creating instant focus. So that's what has already been before and what is coming up. So I hope you get a good sense of the overall theme and how we're going to go about doing this. This episode is sponsored by MTN Press. MTN Press is the publishing house behind niche publications like Rich Human, Sovereign and the Quantum of Light magazines, all British brands with a global reach. They deliver the good news straight to the desk of decision makers, the CEOs, presidents, CFOs, consultants, investors, influencers, bankers, PR agencies, heads of global operations to name just a few. They also offer specialized support through a range of bespoke services, tools, and systems to help publishers like you grow both their presence and business. Whether you are running a blog, a niche magazine, or thinking to start one, their expert knowledge in the world of publishing can give you the tools and the expertise and the confidence you need to succeed. Check them out at mtnpress.co.uk or Follow the link in the episode description. With all that in mind, we're talking about generating movement and maintaining momentum. So the first thing I want to say about that is the focus is not actually in generating movement. Yeah, I know you've been missold here. It's actually all about identifying the barriers to taking action. Let me explain why this is. Naturally, we all want movement. If you, if you look at any of you who've had children or you've seen people with children, you get a, a young child and you, you lift them up, you fly them around the room, they're, they're giggling and they're laughing and they're so happy. Like, and uh, yeah, when you're bouncing them on your knee and so on. All that movement, we crave movement. We love movement. And internally, as human beings, we, we always want to grow we want to move towards something that feels meaningful that connects with us and then when we get there we're still moving on to the next thing that connects with us so internally we already have movement naturally when we were born from the moment we're born we just want to shift we want to move we want to roll around we want to get up we want to walk we want to run and that's happening at a physical level and internally it's the same thing we just keep wanting to develop so we're always wanting to move There isn't an issue in generating movement. What happens, however, is as we get, as we grow older, as we grow up, as we're educated, as we're uh, 
as we see the people around us doing things and we start to copy them, as we start modeling the people around us and so on, we end up recognizing that the world may not be a safe place, that there are dangers out there, and then that generates more fears. And, and we basically start building up lots of protective layers that actually prevent us from getting up and moving. You know, how sometimes it's from an animalistic point of view, sometimes it's easier just to stick with what you, you know, if I've been if I've been fishing in that river all this time and I've got fish out of there, why would I want to go and do something crazy like go over there and start plowing soil and dropping seeds into it in the hope that I might get some food in six months time? That's crazy. I'll keep doing what I know. That's safe. And the only time you would move from that is when the riverbed dries up and there's no more fish, then you have no choice. You have to move then. But given the choice, we tend not to move so much. And that's particularly tough here as well when we're in a, on a whole in a society and at a time and place with the human race where we've got more resources than ever. We've got more, we've got more food, we've got more shelter, We've got so much in comparison to the past. So if you like, the options become wider and therefore the the scariness level becomes wider and it becomes much harder to get moving. And we've also got plenty of things that fool us into thinking we're really moving. You know, I, uh, maybe I've done really well today because I've managed to, to pump out 15 Facebook posts and I've now and read all through my Instagram. Yeah, we get given these things, we get handed lots of things that make it feel like we're moving and feel like we're doing something. But deep inside, you can still sense when you're not. There's a part of you inside that you cannot lie to. Yeah, whether, whether that's your heart, whether it's your deeper awareness, whatever you want to label that, there's that part of you inside that knows full well when you're trying to fool yourself. So as I've mentioned, we have lots of barriers to taking action. Now, some of those barriers can come about as a result of beliefs. They could be from conditioning. It could be from our education. It could be from our culture and, and a variety of other things. It can come in from so many different places that if you were to try and go, if you were to go around and try and analyze and break down and find out where all these obstacles and barriers come from, you'd be doing it for the rest of your life or beyond. And you, would, you might not even still find the answer because... Here's one of the things that one of my great mentors, a gentleman called Tom Stone, had taught me. And what he was talking about is how many of our barriers, our internal obstacles, our internal conflicts, they came about before we even had language. You don't even you may know that there's something stopping you doing it, but you may that's highly unlikely, especially with the early ones in between the ages of one to three before you've really got any words, you've still felt things. You still created these some barriers. You created protective fields around you. You you learned about fear and pain and hurt, but you didn't have the words for it. So if you now try and go with your logical mind back to find out what that stuff was and where it came from and how it came about, it wasn't filed. There's a great big scrap heap out there with all of the early years experiences that you had, all the things that taught you how to, how to learn and taught you how to process information. 
it's unfiled. Yeah, it's like when you go to the librarian and say, "Excuse me, can you find me my my personal book on abandonment and on loneliness?" And they turn around and just point you towards a great big scrap heap full of uh, piled fifteen miles high of books. Go in there; you'll find it somewhere in there. You could be at it forever. And uh, that's why we're going to approach it from a very different way today. And that is by understanding and identifying, understanding, beg your pardon, take that, scrap that. Will the court reporter please strike that last remark? Not understanding. Noticing the negative reactions you get. And those negative reactions can come from emotions or doubts or fear. Yeah, it, whenever you get some, whenever you, one of these old patterns, these barriers to action occur, they are accompanied by a reaction, something you can sense. You know, when you think about how, oh, I have a dream to to build fifteen orphanages, and then as part of you inside, but oh, how am I going to do that in my lifetime? Or how am I going to get the funding? How am I going to get the the people to back me? And who's going to even believe me when I say that this is doable? Well, when you're thinking that, you will feel that response, that reaction. That's how you know you're having a negative reaction. So that's what we're going to be focusing on today. And for those of you who have been on the uh, pod, listening to the podcast before, I think you'll probably know what's coming. We're going to be using some of the techniques from the reaction code. But before we do that, though, I do want to spend a little bit more time on about fear. Okay. One of the obstacles that we think we have is fear of failure. We don't want to generate movement and get moving because we think, oh, what if it doesn't work? What if people think I'm crazy? What if they're going to laugh at me? What if they think I'm stupid? Or what if I try really hard and, and, and bust the gut to try and get there and it doesn't work out. Okay. Now, those are all valid reactions. However, what's underneath it may not actually be fear of failure. Fear of failure has become a cliche. Fear of failure has become a way of trying to understand why we don't move as fast as we can and why we don't do as much as we could. And that will link in, you'll see in a moment how this links in later on. To what we're talking about because fear is very clever it has been the reaction that has been designed to protect you to stop you from getting killed to stop you from doing anything dangerous and and getting killed might not just be physically killed it's to save your identity from being damaged because in some ways your identity could be damaged your identity could be even worse than your physical death imagine if you gave a presentation that was so horrible that years afterwards, they all go, oh, yeah, do you remember why? Oh, what happened to why? No, I don't know why. Who's that? Oh, you know that guy? He, you know, he died a few years back. But do you remember he had that presentation? Oh, what, the one at that place? Yeah, yeah. It was awful, wasn't it? Oh, my God, it was terrible. I felt really bad for him. And I just, I was just cringing watching him on stage. And oh, my. Yeah, even if you're gone, your identity can still be can still be. Fear of failure is a huge one. However, one of my coaches had once turned around and said to me, he goes, oh, okay, you have fear of failure, do you? I go, 
yeah, yeah, I'm worried that if I try and go out there, I, I know I have the ability to go and help people, and I want to help people to find their purpose, to find and you know, get to a place where they can be living out that purpose and creating meaningful change in the world. But I don't know if I can do it. I'm just not, maybe not strong enough, or maybe I don't know enough, or maybe I need to learn more. And what if it doesn't work? And he goes, okay, so you have a fear of failure then. Yeah, yeah, I've got a fear of failure. If that's the case, and you have a fear of failure, how come you're so good at it? So, excuse me? By not doing the thing, by not moving forward, you've already failed. So if you actually have a fear of failure, why are you so good at failing? Surely, if you've got a fear of failure, you'd be running at high speed away from failure, leaving a flame trail behind you straight towards success. If you're really that afraid of failure. And what he then proceeded to talk about was, it's not fear of failure, it's fear of success. And I'll explain a little bit by what I mean by that. Fear of success, like fear of failure is quite simple. Nothing changes. If I have fear of failure, I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to stay exactly as I am. That's safe. That's okay. Not terrible. If I'm successful, everything changes. The, the things that I do every day, the people I'm involved with, the, the people who surround me, I'll lose some people. I'll be getting, getting new people. I'll be, you know, the, the hours I work, the places that I go, the places I travel to. Everything will change. And as human beings, fear of change is actually the biggest obstacle that we have. That's going back to what I was saying before. If I'm fishing quite happily in the river and there's fish in there, why would I want to change that? That's crazy. I'm safe here. I know what I'm doing. And until something forces us to change, we don't, like, we don't tend to change. And this is, by the way, this is something that's going on deep underneath at the deeper than subconscious. Of course, if you're listening to this podcast, of course you love change. You're a change agent. You're a change maker. You want to change things and so on. However, if the change hasn't been at the pace and the rate that you know you could create, why is that? There is some, there will, it's natural within us to have a fear of change because fear, change equals danger. Fear really clever because it's so important to, in terms of protecting us it's hidden it often comes up masquerading as different things fear of success because of fear of change tells us things like i don't have enough money to do this you know I, the number of times i've had people who i've spoken with who is so obvious that it, there is a perfect match between what i can do for them and what they need and they've even told me. And then at the last moment, it gets to the point with, oh, I can't afford it. Yet, we know full well, they paid double what I'm asking for a new car. Or they've already spent that kind of amount of money, or down payment on a new car, sorry, before I scare anybody here thinking I'm charging the same price as a new car. <laughs> yeah, or they spent that, that kind of money on a holiday. Safe things. However, if it's to spend that kind of, invest that kind of money, spend that kind of money on changing things, that's when that pattern comes in. Now, I don't have enough time. I'm not good enough. I'm not, or it, it, fear of change hides itself in so many different forms. 
that most of the time your obstacles and your barriers come up, you don't even know it's a fear, a fear pattern. It's telling you it's something else. It's taken another, it's taken another pattern and kicked that in front under the bus and go, yeah, have that one. Because you're not supposed to know about me. I am fear of success. In fact, I'll even dress myself up as this fear of failure thing. Because that's how much I don't want you to know what's really going on here. Because I'm here, my job is to keep you safe and keep you where you are so that you don't do anything dangerous or anything stupid. Yeah, stupid as defined by something that wants to keep things the same. So the way in which you can actually access those fear patterns is through your reactions. Hence the reaction code. Yeah. So just to quickly summarize where we've got to so far, we're trying to generate movement and maintain that momentum. We already naturally want to move inside anyway. It's just how we are the moment we're born. However, as we grow, we develop these barriers, these obstacles that try and stop us from taking action because it's safer. And that safety is born mostly of fear. And fear is very clever and very capable of protecting itself and hiding itself and changing its form and putting on a different mask. So we don't know what it really is. So you don't necessarily need to know whether it is actually a fear pattern that's stopping you. It's likely, it's highly likely it'll be a fear of change. Otherwise you would have changed it by now. But what I'd like you to do now, actually, I'll tell you what, let me just tell you what we're going to be doing first. In order to target the barriers that prevent you from generating movement, or stop to target the barriers that target the barriers and change them so that you can allow that movement to come through, think of something that you need to get done. Think of something that's really important for you that has to get done. You've been trying to get it done for ages, and yet somehow it's not working. It's not happening. This could be at whatever level. Maybe you're somebody who's still just trying to figure out what it is they want to do. And you're thinking, why haven't I figured that out yet? Or maybe you're somebody who knows exactly what you want to do, and you're already quite successful in that, but you want to step up to the next level, yet you still seem to be stuck at the same level. No matter how hard you try, no matter what you do, you still end up feeling, certainly you know, sensing within that, oh, I haven't managed to take that step yet. Now, notice, as you think about that, notice how you feel. Notice where you sense it. And it could be somewhere, it could be like pressure on the chest. It could be a feeling that's all around you. But pay close attention. Just notice, notice not what the thing is that's stopping you. Just pay attention to how you can sense it, what it feels like. Is it something that's around your stomach area? Is it pressure on your shoulders? Is it, is it, is it a feeling, a sort of like a intangible feeling all around you? Just pay attention to what you can notice your body showing you. Because what's going on here is that's actually your awareness using your body as a measuring tool, as an instrument, in order to be able to give you a reading. It's showing you this is where that barrier is. This is the energy that it's made of. This is how it feels. Because remember earlier on, I was saying how these, how internal barriers and barriers to action, typically made up from fear, are very good at hiding. 
and also how this might have come about from before you even had the words to understand what this thing was. So you won't necessarily be able to logically break it down and get back to it. But yet your body's been showing you exactly where it is all the time. So pay attention to your senses and notice that feeling. And as part of the reaction code for the external reaction model, what we do is we, for a start, we just imagine that we've got a great big bubble around us. This is that protective field. This was the protection that was created in our awareness. Now, if you're much more to the end of the scale, that's all more about logic and science, then just run with this for a moment and then just pay attention to what you notice to be different afterwards. If you are more on the other end of the scale where you understand about energies and magic and all that kind of thing at the other end of the scale, then think of this as a literal energy field around you. So it can either be literal or it can be perceptive. So imagine you've got this great big field around you that's creating that fear, creating a beggar pardon. It's creating protection from that fear, but I think it's easier to understand if I just say right now, it's creating that fear. It isn't really, but we won't get into the technicalities of that right now. But so imagine you've got this bubble, this field around you, and what it's doing is it's putting pressure across your entire being, your whole body. And it just so happens the part that feels it most, whether it's your chest, whether it's your, your throat or your head or your stomach, that part just happens to notice it more than any other part. That's all. This thing actually permeates all the way through. You're immersed in it. From the point where you can feel this thing, this fear pattern, this fear that's stopping you from taking more action and generating that movement, reach outwards with your awareness in fact, you can start by reaching out, put, place a hand where you can feel this response and then reach that hand out. And as you reach the limit of your arm, imagine the arm carries on reaching further and further out. Like you've got an etherical arm that carries on reaching out and out and out and out up until a point where you don't feel like you need to reach any further. And that will be your inner awareness, your intuition telling you, you have reached the inside edge of this bubble. And then once you've got there, and just allow it to happen, by the way, don't think too much. If you're already processing and trying to understand and think about this, yeah, you're already distracting yourself. So just focus on this particular pattern right now. Don't generate up too many more right now. The way up to the inside edge of that bubble, and then allow yourself to notice that beyond the edge of that bubble, there's a great big open expanse. It's like an empty sort of space out there. Now allow yourself out into that space. Use your teleporter. Just beam yourself out into that space. Don't go popping any bubbles, breaking through, cutting anything. Nothing drastic. This is all a game of awareness. Okay? So just allow yourself to be out there on the other side. And then from the other side, notice, notice how you perceive the outside of that bubble. How big is it? Does it have any color? Does it have any tech? And if you're not into visualizing, does it have any texture? Can you feel anything? Can you sense anything about the surface of it? Is there, you know, is there a taste or a smell? 
what just notice what you notice about the outside surface of this bubble and it doesn't matter whether it relates directly to the subject matter or not just allow yourself just to notice whatever it is that your awareness shows you and then and this is just to give us something tangible to play with that's all it doesn't have to have the meaning and then from there start moving further out into that expansive space take yourself further away from that bubble again just a game of awareness keep going further and further away from the bubble if it feels like there's anything attaching you to that bubble just untie it if it's a rope or a chain just undo them no no drastic things no cutting no burning just undo it because this is all happening inside your awareness this is your game we created this game in the first place we can play the game any way we like this is happening inside of our awareness inside the same system we're now using the same system that created these protection fields so we can uncreate whatever we like here so take yourself right out into the expansive space and as you go further out just double check is that expansive space infinite or is it inside of an even greater bubble if you're not sure just tell your awareness to teleport you out to the edge of the last layer and then Take yourself out into infinite space and then bring yourself back here again. And then for the more science and logic-based people, particularly, but for everybody, actually, this is a useful practice anyway, think about exactly the same thought that you had about that, about that feeling you get when you're trying to get moving, you're trying to move faster, but yet you can't, and just notice how you feel. Notice how the reaction now feels. Is there still a reaction? And if so, how different is that reaction? You will notice that even if you do get a reaction, it might be in a different location. It might be of a different scale. It might have a different feel. That's not the same reaction. That's the next reaction that's been stopping you. So you could actually just keep continue to keep doing this process until you struggle to find any. And maybe at another day, we'll talk about what you do about the really well-hidden ones. But for now, this will be enough just to get you moving, just to, get the, uh, just to generate that movement. Okay. Now, the thing that gets in the way the most when you're using these processes, using these techniques, will be your mind will be the need to understand what is this? Where does it come from? How does it work? What's the background? How does he know this works? How many people has he done this with? How, all that stuff going on. By the way, that's fear of change speaking again. Right? Because there's, we've been taught that we need to understand and know about all, all the issues and all the problems before we can resolve them. Like that's the way to resolve it, by analyzing and understanding and breaking it all down and having a mental map of what makes it up. But actually, at the end of the day, if we want to keep it simple, all you want is just to not have that reaction anymore, not have that barrier that's stopping you from moving. Really, we want to keep it simple. We actually end up complicating it massively by trying to break down what it is and and bring and each time we do that we're actually bringing up multiple patterns you started off first of all by thinking about how oh, i'm not moving as i'm not moving forward as fast as i want to why is that oh it's because i'm i'm not as good as these other people another pattern coming up and it's also because in the past when i tried it didn't work here's another pattern and also i'm worried in the future that if i don't do this right it's all going to go horribly wrong another pattern You're, in in that analyzing you've now started with one pattern 
that you could handle. And suddenly you're now surrounded by 15, 30, 500 reaction patterns. That becomes too much. So there is a time and place for analyzing. And this is what I would tell to all my clients. That time and place is after you've already worked with the protective field, already, already worked with that external reaction. Then what happens is when you come to think about it, I can guarantee you this. If you do this, you'll find you'll notice it for yourself. The analyzing becomes much simpler. There are actually fewer moving parts and fewer things to consider because what was happening when you were still inside of that field is a whole load of other emotional responses were firing off. So it becomes really confusing and really difficult for the mind to actually break down what this thing's all about. Once you've actually done this exercise and done as much as you can, and you come back to think about the problem, I can pretty much guarantee you that the solution is going to be more obvious and you're going to be having to work through fewer elements and having to think less. And this is, by the way, one of the ways to actually gain more momentum as well. Because in doing this, you'll reduce the amount of effort, the amount of energy, the amount of time that you put into analyzing things and overanalyzing. I know I was probably an Olympic level overanalyzer in my former life. I'd say former life as in, you know, in what I did before, not so much for the, the energy people who talk about past lives. I'm sure I was that in past life too, but you know, we're, we're sticking with this one for now. Yeah, now, think everything over and over, every single strategy, every single permutation, every single possibility, and it's just exhausting. And it uses up a lot of energy and a lot of time, which you could have been using instead to generate the movement and to keep moving. So the other thing you can do in terms of helping yourself to maintain that momentum is think about something that slows you down. Think about something that typically, whenever you get going, boom, there it is. Something that, that when you put your foot down and accelerate, you go, yes, I'm finally taking off, I'm finally going, I'm shifting down again, we're going to accelerate. And then what? why is my other foot going on the brake? And pulling up the handbrake, not a safe thing to do, by the way. Don't do that. <laughs> not while you're moving. So think about something that slows you down. It could be another person. It could be a situation. It could be something that comes up every single time in the past where, oh, I've just about got going. I've about to get my book launched. I've got this kind of thing and oh, I've run out of money again. Or it could be that whenever I think I've got some free space to myself and, the, and uh, here comes, I don't know, here comes my mother to get in the way of something. Or here comes one of my, anything. It could be anything. Think about something that typically slows you down. Or maybe it's yourself. Maybe it's your self-sabotage. Maybe there's procrastination. All fear-based patterns based uh, as a resultant of fear of success and fear of change, by the way. So think about that and notice where that reaction is. And notice, in fact, notice your opinion even. See, you can notice the main reaction, but then think about your opinion about that thing that slows you down, that thing that wants to get in your way all the time. Now, quite often, there'll be frustration. There may even be anger or sadness or grief. Think about the thing that, that comes up to slow you down the moment you get up and running, and then notice what you think about that. Notice your opinion of that. And then notice from that opinion, 
what reaction that brings up. They were dealing this at a level above the actual thing. We're not. I'm not asking you right now to notice what the what you get uh, the reaction you get from the actual thing that slows you down. I'm asking you to think about the reaction you get when you get frustrated about that thing slowing you down. Because here's the thing. Sometimes, because of our own inner conflict, we are... It's not we're our own worst enemy. That's not all cliche. That's not what I mean here. It's more like sometimes we don't actually recognize the actual level of... The, for instance, we might think, oh, I never have enough money. Money is the problem. Not really. The first thing right now is your belief that you never have enough money. And then above that is your frustration about that belief that you never have enough money and your anger about not having enough money. So go with the thing that shows up, that floats up to the top. That's one of my other coaches used to say, check what's on top. First question she would ask me is what's on top? What's the thing that's come right to the surface, bubbled up to the surface? Because your awareness knows, it knows what you need, it knows what needs to be done. It also knows you inside out and it knows which is the problem that's right at the top. But sometimes we f we think that's another obstacle for us to stop us from getting to what we need. So I need to work on my money pattern. No, you don't. What you need to do is work on the need to work on your money pattern. You need to work on the frustration you have around having a money pattern. That's actually the thing that's floated right up to the top because that's the thing you're feeling more. This is what happens. If you ever start looking at one of your problems or one of the things that slow you down and it feels intangible feels kind of abstract it's true there's some element of truth about it but it feels like it's quite far away it isn't really right in your face that's because your opinion of the thing is what's in your face i hope this makes sense but it's your your own reactions happen at multiple levels so you want to you want to look at the level that's on top the level that's the the most the most apparent, the most obvious, the one that you're sensing the most, because this is another way that the fear stops us. It hides. It pretends that, for instance, fear it pretends that lack of money was the problem, but actually it's frustration that was the problem. But it makes us think it's about the money. Because that way the pattern remains and we get to stay the same. So. In order to protect your momentum and maintain that momentum, allow yourself to notice the more immediate response. So again, think about something that slows you down, that does it on a regular basis. You're so familiar with it. It's like an old school friend. And then notice your opinion of it. Notice how you feel about that, having that obstacle. And then notice where you feel the reaction to, uh, to your feelings of having that obstacle. Sorry if this is getting a bit complex. I know I said I wasn't going to get too logical, but there is maybe this would be easier if I drew a graph or drew a chart or something like that. But it's, it's your feelings, your response to having that thing that slows you down. Not the actual thing that slows you down, but your response to that thing. That's, don't analyze, remember? If you do that, you're going to trigger off a whole bunch of other patterns. Just stick with this one for now. And again, pay attention to the location. Where do you feel it? Where do you sense that frustration, that anger, that whatever about the thing that slows you down?
about even having a thing that slows you down. Pay attention to the location. Notice if there's any movement or any sort of sensation to it. Notice what the energy is doing for those people at the magic end of the scale. Notice what your body, information your body is giving you for those at the logical and science end of the scale. And then once again, same as before, imagine you've got this bubble around you that's putting pressure across your entire body and start from the point where you can feel it and reach out. You can just, um, I don't know why exactly it happens this way, but I tend to reach out in front of me about 15 degrees up. It just feels, I don't know, it just feels like the right sort of thing to do. So you can choose. Reach to your left, to your right, up in front. It doesn't matter because this thing surrounds you. Any direction will work. So reach right out and then carry on reaching out with your imaginary arm all the way out until you reach the inside edge of the bubble. And then allow yourself out beyond that bubble, out into that big open space on the other side of it. Notice anything you can notice about the outside surface of this thing. You know, whether you visualize something, whether you feel something, whether you hear something. And then allow yourself to start moving away from it. And if any of you are in ever worried that, oh, I'm taking myself away from myself, I'm moving myself away from my body, you're not. This is a game of awareness. In fact, that big open infinite expanse is your awareness being aware of itself. You are not going away from anything. In fact, if anything, you're going closer to your true being, your true self. That's for the ones that are the middle of that scale that are more in a spiritual area. <laughs> Actually, it's for everyone. Anyway, so take yourself out into that expanse of space. And if there are any, if it feels like the space isn't infinite, teleport yourself out to the edge of the last surrounding bubble. Sometimes this configures itself like a Russian doll. You know, a smaller bubble, bigger one all surrounding. So just teleport out beyond the edge of the last one. And how do you do that? You just choose to. This is your game, your awareness. You just choose to go out there. And then, once again, as always, come back again to check, right, I'm going to think about the same thing, the same that thing that slows me down, that regularly comes up to slow me down, and notice how I feel about it now. And again, likely that you will feel differently about it, or you'll have different thoughts about it, or there'll be a different opinion. There may be more than one opinion. But the previous one that you had before certainly won't show up in the same way anymore. And... If we're lucky and there aren't any deeper patterns, so there aren't any more complexities, there aren't any more identity layers, there aren't any backup copies with this one, that pattern you had before, or that reaction you had before, may never ever even show up in the same way ever again. What we're doing here is not a process for managing these reactions. It's not a process for a more, more sophisticated way of suppressing them and working these patterns. This is actually all about freeing the pattern, allowing it to complete its task, allowing it to also recognize that the protection it gave you is no longer relevant. And we know it's no longer relevant because you don't, this is a new term, there's a negative reaction. This isn't something that you want in your life anymore. This is something that's holding you back, that's stopping you from being able to move closer towards your potential. 
It's an old pattern that was there to protect you from something that is now out of date. Just nobody sent that pattern the memo. It didn't receive, it didn't get that letter that said, congratulations, you've done a brilliant job. You have saved me and you, you can now retire with honors and go off out there and do whatever you want. Go play golf, go on a cruise or come back around and find another job working with me. One of the, one of the things that helps with this is imagine this is all about, this isn't about you getting rid of barriers. This isn't about you getting rid of your reactions. This is actually about you freeing that reaction pattern from work that is now redundant. This poor thing, these poor things have been working for you, trying to protect you for the last few decades, and it doesn't know that its work is done. A little bit like, I think it was during the 80s, they you would still occasionally find a Japanese soldier hiding out in the jungles in the Philippines. And the poor guy, for the last 40 years, has been hiding out, surviving on grubs and berries, waiting for the emperor's troops and the empire to come and find him and, and bring him back into the war. No one's told him that the war is over. He doesn't know that it's over. He's still fighting the war. And that's what's going on with these patents inside us. They are still fighting a war that is over. And wouldn't it be great if you can go in there and, and help them understand what's actually going on and put an arm around their shoulder and bring them back into the world and go, look, you did your job. It's all over. It's done. The world is a much more peaceful place now. You can come out there and you can go do anything else you'd rather do instead of this. So imagine it like that. They are not the, these patterns, your fear patterns, all the rest of it, they are not the enemy. You created them yourself through your own awareness in order to protect yourself from an old battle that's no longer being fought, apart from when this reaction comes up to stop you from moving forward and to stop you from you know, keeping your momentum. So action time, as if you hadn't done enough already. So what I'd like you to do between now and the next podcast is to pay attention to reactions that you get that either stop you from moving or slow you down when you are moving and particularly pay attention to your own opinions about those things and the reactions that come up when those opinions fire off because that is a level that is often missed out everyone's so busy with their eye on the prize that they, f they don't notice what's actually going on right in front of them so notice your own opinions because those are other reaction patterns that hold the entire limitation together in one place. And then when you've thought, when you've identified some of the things that slow you down and you can feel it, notice where you feel it. And then imagine you're inside that bubble and take yourself outside of the bubble. If you run into trouble with one of these or you struggle with it, move on to another one. You do not have to get every single one of these in order to be able to generate more energy, generate more capacity, more space internally, where you can move forward and continue that movement. If what I've been talking about this evening really resonates with you, if you can really sense that, actually, yes, this is something I do need to do, then contact me if you want to actually do this at a deeper level. Obviously, there's only so much I can tell you within the space of the podcast that I haven't been able to, I haven't had the time to tell you about identity layers other things that keep these things in place, backup copies that reassert these patterns or 
deep inner reactions as a result from traumas that you would have received earlier on in life or even recently and belief patterns conditioning there there are there's a lot more going on here however you can still create a lot of movements for yourself just doing what i've shown you today but obviously there's much more and especially if you want to get really good at it as well so contact me either via instagram it's transform your work life or linkedin once again transform your work life or via email which is info at transform your work life you're seeing a pattern here or you can just go onto my website, which is www. You guessed it. Transform your work life. And what we can do then is we'll have first of all start off by having a short discussion just to find out where you are and what's going on with you at the moment to find out whether whether there's even any need to take things further on from there. And if there is, then we can look at what it is that's that you really want to be doing in your life, what it is that's been getting in the way and identify the specific obstacles and barriers that are stopping you from moving into a more meaningful, purposeful life and that what's stopping you from having that personal power, which is what this has been all about. So as I said, contact me on Instagram, LinkedIn, or email at transformyourworklife.com. So next session. The next podcast we have is about connecting to your true value. Okay, this is about ensuring that you're always aware of your real, the real value that you provide, and even more importantly, being able to confidently express it. And this will apply to people at all levels, whether you're just starting out, whether you just, whether you're creating your own business, whether you've been in business for quite a while but you want to step up to the next level. All of that requires you to be able to understand and express the value that you provide. And it isn't about what you deserve. It's about what you give to others. And again, a tricky, difficult one, particularly if it's your own work that you've created and you're stepping out there to represent yourself. It's easy. Sometimes you step out and represent somebody else's product. You represent another company. You represent another business. But when it's yours, that gets harder because it gets really personal. And what I want to show you next time round is how you can separate that from the personal, yet at the same time, be able to really resonate with what it is that you're actually doing for others and how, and then work out how you're going to be able to communicate that across without sounding false, without making anything up and without everything sounding really boring. Yeah, so that's next time round. That's connecting with your true value. In the meantime, thank you so much for listening. And please make sure you do the exercises and you do get in touch with me if you sense to any sort of level degree that actually this is something that could really help you move forward because that's what I'm here for. I want to have as many people as possible moving towards their purpose, doing uh, traveling on a path that feels like it's in the right direction for their life purpose to have more meaning and that way there'll be many more happy people resonating positivity to all those around them and everyone they encounter as opposed to being frustrated feeling stuck and then putting out that kind of vibe to everyone around you this is literally how we go about changing the world so have a great evening and I look forward to speaking with you again next time on the Personal Power Hour sponsored by Rich Woman Magazine. And my name is Wai Chung. Good night.